A special dedication to those who listen to this program from across the nation. From the heart and soul of Wendell Wallace, you have my greatest respect and admiration. Wendell's World in Sports is a podcast like no other, made for the listening pleasure for my sisters and brothers. My passion for the sports happenings of the world today overflowing. My skills and talent will always be showing. A king like Bernard, my podcast will be held in his highest regard. Hope that my listening base will be reached from near and afar. My episodes in this greatness are like that of Tom Brady's. My podcast is great for all the fellas and ladies. You say my podcast isn't the best? Man, you must be crazy. Holding up the Champions Cup like the Tampa Bay Lightning hold up the Cup of Stanley, sacking the competition more times than Dexter Manley, I will deal with the fools and haters quite handedly and quite candidly. I'm that damn good. So please, stay in your lane. What I'm doing, you can't be a partaker. If you even think about messing with my show, in the words of The Undertaker, you will rest in peace. Wendell's World in Sports, download, subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, enjoy anywhere, anyway, anyhow, you listen or watch your favorite podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most unique, entertaining, and compelling sports talk podcast you'll ever listen to. Let's be great. Let's be great. Wendell's World in Sports with the one and only Wendell Wallace. Giannis charging down the lane to the rim. Double clutch. No good. Tipped in. Giannis tipped it home. Subscribe, rate, and review anywhere and everywhere you listen to this and all your favorite podcasts. And now, from Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, rip, groin, and ready to rumble, Wendell Wallace. And welcome to Wendell's World of Sports. I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us. A lot of things to get down on and discuss today in the world of sports. Special dedication for those who are listening to this episode, wherever you're listening to your favorite uh, podcast, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Amazon. If you could just do me a favor, as always, is you could just go ahead and uh, download, subscribe, rate, follow, review. Most importantly, enjoy the most unique, entertaining, thought-provoking sports talk podcast. That would be mine. Wendell's World in Sports, I would very much appreciate it. And if you want to go to my YouTube channel, that's Wendell's World in Sports, and subscribe and see what I'm putting down in terms of what's happening in the world of sports. I just came off of a uh, video that I did a couple of days ago where I was speaking about the greatness, my tribute to my childhood hero, right up there with Bernard King, right up there with uh, Muhammad Ali, right up there with Magic Johnson, the king of them all. Growing up, one of the main reasons why I became such a basketball fan, why I fell in love with the game of basketball, my hero, Len Bias, did a tribute on him, spoke about the impact that he had on me, spoke about the impact that he had on the community, spoke about his greatness, what could have been 36 years uh, since his passing. So I did a tribute video uh, for Len Bias uh, on my YouTube episode, so uh, my YouTube channel uh, my latest episode concerning that. Next couple of days, I'll be putting down something on my YouTube channel uh, concerning what's going on in the world of sports. So if you want to uh, check that out, a lot of highlights, a lot of good stuff. And most importantly, this handsome, sexy Hollywood hunk take, uh, style face of yours truly right on there. So I would recommend it for all the, uh, <laughs> for all the ladies. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Wendell's World of Sports, I'm your host. Just go ahead and check it out. But um, getting to what's happening in the world of sports right now on my uh, on this episode, man. 
Training camp, NFL training camp start next Monday, July 18th. What does this mean? What does this mean to you? What does this mean to me? What does it mean to a lot of sports fans? It means that the year of sports is almost over. Now, for the everyday, for the regular, yes, the end of the year is always going to be December 31st. The new year starts January 1st, of course. But, at least in my definition of the sporting year, when NFL training camps start, whether it be you know mid-July, late July, depending upon what, the, the, the new year of sports begins. When training camp starts. So what I'm saying to you right now is that you you have about a week left. I'm recording this on the 11th. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon. So fellas, ladies, kids, teenagers, adults, anybody who's listening to this podcast, mostly if you're listening to this podcast here in uh, the racist, divided states of America, uh, here's what we need to do. We've got mo- one more week. I want you to go ahead and I want you to start building i want you to start getting together your honeydew list or things that you need to do because once the new year starts and once the regular season in college and pro football begin until probably somewhere around the 4th of july for the most part you're going to be pretty much preoccupied with sports if you really think about it, so you, you've got the month of August, you've got preseason and the NFL and such, the beginning of college football doesn't start till the end of the month, you've got this week really nothing going on, you've got the All-Star game coming up in baseball, you've got the dog days of baseball going on right now, but for the most part, before the NFL training camp starts, and we start thinking about what's happening with our teams, and we start thinking about our fantasy football leagues, and we start thinking, thinking about the parlays, and we're thinking about the over-unders, and all the bets that we're going to be making, the futures, the long terms, the type of bets that we're going to be making. We have about one more week of nothing. I know the NBA Summer League is going on right now. I'll get into that a little bit later on. But for the most part, the end of Wimbledon was uh, this past weekend. There's no Olympics. There's no World Cups. There's no other special sporting events that's going on during the summer. Right now, all you have for real is baseball. So this is the time right now. Fellas, listen to me. This is the time right now. Ladies, go ahead and pay attention to me. This is the time right now to go ahead and start organizing your, I've got to get this done. Any long-term projects, any short-term projects, any honeydew projects that you need to do, go ahead and start right now. Because when you're speaking about July 18th, the beginning of the sporting year, You're going to have to be thinking about, okay, exactly when I'm going to be able, especially when football starts and our Saturdays and our Sundays are going to be preoccupied. When exactly am I going to be able to get some of these projects that my wife or my husband wants me to do? We have to go ahead or my mom and my dad want me to do. We have to go ahead and we have to situate that. We have to organize that. We have to get that done now. We have to start getting it done now. Don't be putting it off till... The last uh, weekend in, in sports. Don't be putting it off till Memorial Day. Don't be doing or, or uh, yeah, uh, Labor Day. Don't be doing any of that stuff. Because, man, I'm telling you, just think, just 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 take a look at this. When you're talking about the new year in sports starting, July and August, right? NFL training camp start with preseason games, the Hall of Fame game between Jacksonville and Las Vegas. That's going to start August fourth. That's four Thursdays from now, fellas. Ladies, that's four Thursdays from now. Kids, that's four Thursdays from now. Come on now. 
Put it down in your calendar. We've got the first week of the preseason starting that next Thursday, August 11th, when you have uh, the when you have the New York Giants and New England Patriots playing, and you got Tennessee and Baltimore. After having what? How many days, how many months has it been since the Super Bowl? So we're speaking about maybe five, four, five, six months since any football has been played. The Super Bowl was in February, and we're speaking about July, so March, April, May, June, June. Yeah, so we're almost speaking about five months. Five months without any football. NFL free agency, the NFL draft. That doesn't uh, that doesn't uh, whet our appetite to the point where. When the preseason rolls around, at least for a little bit, at least for a little bit, unless you're a gambler or something like that, we're going to be watching just a little bit of the uh, football because we're jonesing for it. We're fiending for it, correct? So the Hall of Fame game, August 4th, between Jacksonville and Los Angeles, we're, we're probably not going to watch that whole game. But I'm quite sure we're going to watch at least, what, half a quarter, maybe a quarter, depending, again, upon the love, your interest, and if you have any type of financial interest in the game. First weekend preseason for real starts August 11th, and then the start of the regular season starts September 8th with Buffalo and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm telling to you this again. Fellas, ladies, have you taken your vacation yet? Have you hung around enough with your kids? Kids, have you hung around enough with your parents? Are there any projects that you need to do? Get them done now. Because I'm telling you, September 8th, I know I'm recording this on July 11th. I know it seems like a far time away until our lives, in terms of the weekend, is concerned, is going to be uh, uh, put on lockdown. It's going to be on shutdown because we're going to be watching college football on Saturdays and we're going to be watching the NFL on Sundays. So, yes, I know right now as I'm recording this, July 11th, come on, man, we're speaking about... I mean, come on now. We, we, we've still got Labor Day, all this kind of stuff. I'm telling you. Man, you know it. I know it. It creeps up on us, man. Before we'll look around and we'll be like, oh my goodness, it's already the middle of August and you haven't gotten this chore done. You haven't gotten this project done. You haven't even started. Fellas, ladies, kids, get it done now. Because, yeah, I'm just speaking about September 8th, the start of the NFL season, that Thursday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. What about college football? That starts August 27th. That's seven Saturdays left. Seven, guys. That's less than two months before the start of uh, college football for real when you have Nebraska at Northwestern and you got Wyoming at Illinois. Yeah, okay. That, that might not be Michigan at Ohio State. And that might not be Auburn at Alabama. But again, if you're speaking about the NF, the um college football championship game between Georgia and Alabama being played in January. That's eight months, man. And you don't think folks in Columbus, Ohio or Ann Arbor, Michigan or, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama or any of them places are going to be just fiending to watch any type of college football. I know that I am. I know once the um, season starts August 27th. Yeah. Nebraska and Northwestern aren't my two favorite teams to watch or follow or do any of those type of things or Wyoming and Illinois. But I haven't watched a game of college football in almost eight months by that time. You better believe. You better best believe that I'm going to be watching a lot of that Nebraska and Northwestern game and that Wyoming and Illinois game, especially when, let's put it this way, I'm so fiending and jonesing for college football to start that I believe it's the week before that they have high school football. 
that I'll sit down and watch a little bit of. I'm not sitting there watching the whole game, but, you know, my alma mater for a couple of years, Good Council High School over in Olney, Maryland, was playing football, and DeMatha was uh, playing football. So some of the DMV teams, the uh, Washington uh, Metropolitan Area teams that uh, were playing on ESPNU, hey, man, I'll go ahead and take a look at a quarter or a quarter and a half. That's how much I'm jonesing to watch uh, some football by that time. So, yeah. When August 27th rolls around, as I mentioned before, it's seven Saturdays from now. Nebraska at Northwestern. Wyoming at Illinois. Then the season starts for real that next Thursday, West Virginia at Tennessee. Central Michigan at Pittsburgh. Penn State at Purdue. Now, when the season's in full swing in late September or the month of October or going down in November, am I going to be rearranging my schedule? I'm going to be having... A game like West Virginia and Tennessee or Central Michigan at Pittsburgh or Penn State at Purdue be appointment watching? No. Because the SEC will be rolling, the Big Ten will be rolling, the Pac-12 after dark will be rolling, all of these uh, games and these conference games and such will be rolling. So I'll be fully ingrained in college football, just like I'll be fully invested and fully rip-roaring and uh, got my routine going for the NFL. On Sunday, so by that time, my Saturdays and my Sundays will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be in full swing with uh, the mental and the physical of, uh, you know, watching some football all day long. But when we're speaking about uh, late August, and you're speaking about the temperature out here in Vegas is still going to be hovering around 107, and you know we haven't hit the fall yet, and we haven't hit quote unquote football weather. Yeah, you best believe that I'm going to be watching. A lot of West Virginia, Tennessee. There's some things about Tennessee SEC school that I want to uh, take a look at and find out and analyze. West Virginia, excuse me, uh, Pittsburgh at, uh, or Central Michigan at Pittsburgh. Penn State, we're going to see how they uh, rebound. They're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. They got themselves a new wide receiver that's going to have to, to replace Jahan Dotson. I want to see now since uh uh, the coach for uh, Penn State. Oh, my goodness. The black man with the glasses whose name right now I forgot. I told you. Man, you know, out of sight, out of mind sometimes when you haven't been watching a lot of college football. But, uh, yeah, I want to see what he does now since he got himself a really nice fat contract. So, yeah, there's some storylines and there's some avenues I want to go down when uh, watching that. That Friday, after that, you've got Western Michigan at Michigan State. I want to see what Michigan State has after their remarkable season under Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker getting that big fat contract. I want to see the game between Illinois at uh, Indiana. I want to see TCU at Colorado. Then that's Saturday. That's when the fun starts. Saturday, that's where, you know, it's kind of like, honey, leave me alone. It's time for me to watch some college football. College football? Fuck yeah. College football. When you're speaking about Notre Dame at Ohio State, Notre Dame bringing in a whole new coaching staff or Notre Dame bringing in um, or hiring their new head coach and what is that going to do, the, the the new era for Notre Dame football since Brian Kelly moved down, took the money, took the opportunity to do some things as far as winning championships is concerned, making it easier for him to win ch- championships at a school that has absolutely no morals or no scruple or no integrity when it comes to their, to their athletics like LSU. So Notre Dame, black man head coach against Ohio State. That's going to be interesting to watch. Oregon at Georgia. That's going to be interesting to watch. Utah at Florida. Utah State at Alabama. Colorado State at Michigan. Cincinnati at Arkansas. Boise State 
at Oregon State. Then that Sunday, you have Florida State at LSU. And then for Labor Day, you have Clemson at Georgia Tech. Really, the last holiday or day off of the summer. So, yeah, man, you've got the month of... uh, You've got, like I mentioned before, man, when I'm speaking about the new year, when I'm speaking about the new year from sports, yet for us on the everyday, January 1st starts the new year. But 2022 in sports does not really start until NFL training camp start. And then we start rocking, then we start rolling, then we start moving, then we start grooving. When you're speaking about late August, when you have college football, the regular season started, we're getting our appetites wet very nicely drenched, shall we say, as far as our appetite's concerned with the preseason and the scuttlebutt and training camps of pro football. Then, as I mentioned before, you have the game starting for real for college football in late August. And then about a week after that, you have the NFL starting. Your Saturdays and your Sundays are going to be done in terms of, honey, leave me the fuck alone. No, I don't give a fuck. No, I ain't hanging out with the kids. No, I'm not taking kids to soccer practice. No, I'm not going to Susie's gymnastic compete. No, I'm not doing any of those things. No, I'm not hanging out. I don't give a fuck that I'm watching football all day. I don't give a damn that it's Sunday evening and I'm still watching football. When I started watching football on Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, I don't give a fuck. Leave me the fuck alone. Then she'll take the kids and then she'll take the She'll take her things, and then she will definitely will leave you alone. And then she'll take half of what you make, and then she'll definitely leave you alone. And then she'll be going to some other guy's house who ain't watching football and be doing some other things like meeting her needs. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. The skate wasn't made for you anyway. And you're going to be turning down an opportunity to watch Notre Dame play Ohio State, and you're going to be, you want to be hanging around your husband when you have the opportunity to watch Georgia play Oregon? You're going to be hanging around Labor Day with the kids who want to be doing some bullshit and hanging around with that nonsense and listen to your kids whine and complain and do all their nonsense when you have an opportunity on Labor Day, the last holiday of the summer. And you're going to be hanging around your fucking brats and your Negro and your boo instead of watching Clemson at Georgia Tech. No, no, no. I don't think so. The new year for sports starts July 1st. Excuse me, July 18th, whenever Labor Day or whenever the uh, training camps open, which is a day of labor in the NFL. Wendell's World of Sports, I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us the month of September. You've got the NFL and college football season beginning. you got the end of the Major League Baseball season, and that's only when I pay attention for real. When you're speaking about then moving into the month of October, you have the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs. Then you have the start of the NBA season later on that month, along with the NHL season, the continuation of the NFL and college football season, the month of November and December. Major League Baseball playoffs and World Series, the start of the college basketball season. My Georgetown Hoyas, who Brandon Murray is looking great in Kinder League. I've heard a lot of really good responses or really good reports about some of the players that Georgetown has coming in after they went six and twenty. <laughs> 6-25 last year and 0-20 in the uh, Big East. You didn't fire Patrick Ewing? That's right. You, this is the one time where, you know, in sports, they always say you can't fire the players. You can only fire the coach when the players aren't any good and someone's got to take the fall, so it's always the coach. Not when you're talking about Georgetown basketball, baby. Not when you have a coach 
like Patrick Ewing, who is an icon, who was a legend, not just in the NBA, but also even more on the campus of uh, of uh, Georgetown and amongst those in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area of a certain age right here. So, yeah, you don't get rid of the... Uh, you don't get rid of the coach in this situation. You get rid of the players. Don Carey, take a hike. Timothy Egoefe, take a hike. Uh, who else? Uh, who else? What other schlub with there? Uh, Jalen Billingsley, take a hike. Uh, I already mentioned Egoefe again. Take a hike. Uh, Holloway, take a hike. <laughs> just did bye. Yeah, your eligibility is done here, son. Get 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 to stepping. So you know, bringing a whole new. I love I love athletics, don't you? The student athletes. If the student athletes are bad enough for your team to go 0 and 20 and 6 and 25 overall, we really don't give a damn what your grade point average is. We really don't give a damn the extracurricular activities that you're doing on campus. We don't really care about the recommendations of your professors. We really don't care about the uh, off the court activities that you're doing in terms of charity work or anything like that. If you're bad enough as a basketball player, a scholarship basketball player, for your team to be that bad at an institution like Georgetown University, a basketball program like Georgetown University, take a step in. Go to another school that has high academics. But you're here to win basketball games, not get 4.0 GPAs. So, I don't know, man. Colin Holloway could have been the greatest student that ever lived. Timothy Egoefe could have been on path to become... Uh, a guy who's going to cure the uh, world of cancer and and the uh, coronavirus and AIDS and then bring peace to the Middle East. I mean, it's a situation where, oh, I don't know. I mean, Tyler Beard could have been the guy that was putting together a formula to where he could bring Democrats and Republicans together all as one in Kumbaya and really help this country and bring it to the point of harmony and unity that we all strive for, that we all dream of, that we know is an unreachable goal because of the ignorance and the stereotypes and the racism and the bigotry and the prejudice and the misogyny and the selfishness that this country and my generation and your generation exist in. Tyler Beer could have been the guy who was the who was going to bring the, the, the medicine to cure the ills of stupidity and bigotry and ignorance and selfishness to folks in this country from all from coast to coast, gender to gender, neighborhood to neighborhood. But sorry, as a player for Georgetown University, you suck. Go to Pacific, have yourself a good time. <laughs> so Georgetown's going to be back, baby. And when the month of, uh, when the month of November rolls around, Woo! Man, I'm going to be interested. I'm going to be frothing at the mouth more than ever to see what my new look Georgetown Hoyas led by American coach, America's coach Patrick Ewing looks like. So the month of November, Major League Baseball Playoffs World Series. You're going to be into that. Start of college basketball. I'm going to be into that. NFL, NBA, college football, NHL seasons, they're still going to continue. So we're still going to have that. We're still going to have those weekends occupied then you got december through march the end of the college basketball season and bowl season when you're speaking about december january february march end of the nfl regular season in december and january with the start of the playoffs and then in february you get to the super bowl nba and college basketball regular season continues once football ends in february then a little bit in march march madness starts you have the conference tournament and then you have the NCAA tournament. April, June, you have the end of the college basketball season, the first week of April. Then you have the NBA regular season and the playoffs, which goes until June. You have one of the most exciting playoffs in sports, 
which is the Stanley Cups, Stanley Cup in the NHL that goes till June. And then after that, when you got Major League Baseball that starts in April. So you've got a little bit of um you got you've got a little bit of June and about two or three weeks of July. For the most part, when you have Major League Baseball in this country kind of ruling the roost. So that's your time because baseball is just too goddamn slow and marketing for baseball is so poor that it's amazing in terms of how much baseball has fallen in the eyes of those who have been casual fans of baseball. I used to love baseball. I used to watch baseball on a regular basis during the summer. Basketball was always my thing. Basketball is what I always played. Basketball was always my love. The Lakers with Magic Johnson, the Hoyas with John Thompson, the Maryland Terrapins with Lefty Drizel. You know, trying to go up against guys who were much better than me in my neighborhood, going to the parks, going to the playgrounds, and looking for games, and trying to get better all the while dreaming of playing for John Thompson at Georgetown University, dreaming of playing with the Los Angeles Lakers and living out in Los Angeles, California. I was young, I was dumb, I didn't know any better. So it was a situation where, yeah, you know, my love and my attention was towards something else, but it didn't stop me from still watching a baseball game. It still didn't stop me from following baseball. It still didn't watch. It didn't stop me from uh, watching the Baltimore Orioles and claiming them as my team after uh, the Minnesota Twins with Frank, Frankie Viola and Kirby Puckett and Jack Morris and those guys, even though Morris was there for just a short amount of time. But uh, baseball, man, it's falling off. So it's kind of like, hey, man, I use that time right now as an adult to kind of get my situations in order, to kind of get my things in order, kind of enjoy the weekends, kind of do things on the weekends, stay out of the heat and take care of some stuff, try to do some things in terms of bettering my physical, going to the gym, trying to get into a little bit of shape, trying to lose this big old belly that I've got right now, trying to get my sexy back, even though that's not attainable. Never had it, so I'm, why can I? Why am I trying to get something that I never had? Hey, man, a man can dream, can he? All he needs is to have one female fall in love with him. I don't care about the rest. So it's a situation where I use this time to get myself going, knowing that once the NFL season begins, that's what it's all about, man. Once college football season begins, that's what it's all about. I guess in one aspect, you can consider myself rather lucky. Someone of my disposition, someone of my mentality that loves sports and loves football so much that I don't have any children, that I don't have a wife, that I don't have a significant other. Wow, why am I getting depressed all of a sudden? Why I don't, <laughs> why I don't have all of those things. Which allows me to, you know what, I'm watching football, man. I am watching football on Saturday. I'm watching football on Sunday. And I'm not beholden. I'm not chained. I'm not at the command of someone to say, you can't watch football all day because you haven't been doing this. You haven't been doing that. And you need to do this. And you need to do that. And Marcus needs to do this. And Quentin needs to do this. And Felicia needs to do that. And you need to take them here. And you need to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't have to worry about, Daddy, you know, today I have to do this. So you need to take me here. You need to take me there. You need to take me everywhere. During... Oregon and Georgia? Wait a minute, you have this game when? During during uh, Notre Dame and uh, Ohio State? What? <laughs> so it's like, I don't have any of them worries, baby. I don't have any of those worries whatsoever. 
I don't have to do any of that bullshit. So, yeah, man, when it comes to my year, as far as sports is concerned, what I define as a sporting year, for me, that's what it's all about. We start in July with the NFL training camps, and we go all the way through. Because once August 27th hits, probably we have August, September, October, November, December, January. Six months. Six flipping months where my Saturdays and my Sundays are going to be accounted for. And don't nobody, unless it's a emergency upon emergencies, ain't nobody going to pull me away from that set schedule. Beyonce could leave Jay-Z and come walking up into this townhome that I'm in right now and say, Wendell, give me your Saturdays and your Sundays and I'll make it worth your while. And I'll say, Beyonce, um, number one, if we do get together, can I like start spending some of that money you got? Well, not some, but a lot of that money you got because daddy needs a new car and this place needs a new paint job and there's some things that I like to do with my uh, town home and some other things and there's some trips I'd like to take and some other things. So if we're going to get together and be as one and do all this kind of stuff, do you mind if I start splurging and spending all your money? I mean, women do it to men all the time, right? Just kidding. So it's kind of like, hey, you know what? Beyonce, Monday through Friday, I'm at your beck and call. Monday through Friday, when you say jump, I'll say how high. Halle Berry, Monica Bellucci, any other type of Vivica Fox back in the day, Selma Hyatt, you come walking in here and say, Wendell, be mine. I'll say Monday through Friday, you bet. But Saturday and Sunday, unless you're going to be sitting on the couch watching football with me, get to stepping. And you know I'm full of shit with that type of a deal. But since that's never going to happen, I can go ahead and sound like a fool. But, uh, yeah, man, that's what it is for me. So, you got a couple of weeks left. Get things done. So, uh, you can you can really enjoy the start of your sporting year. Wendell's World of Sports. I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us. I guess the only thing worth a damn in June sports-wise, after the NBA Finals and the draft and on my uh, YouTube episode of what I'm going to be speaking about, I'm going to get into the um, going to get into the summer league out here in Vegas a little bit more. As I'm recording this, I was hoping to watch Chet Holmgren, the number two pick in the NBA draft, playing for Oklahoma City, go up against Paolo Bencaro, uh, the number one draft pick for the Orlando Magic, but. Ben Carroll is not playing, so it's just Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy doing their thing. So uh, very disappointed in that. But for the most part, I mean, we're, we're speaking about Summer League. It's, it's nice TV viewing, but uh, I'll watch some of the draft picks, the higher draft picks. I'll go ahead and check out my Washington Wizards. Uh, but for the most part, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to that. And I don't make too much of an assessment in terms of which player is going to be great, which players is going to be lousy. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see guys like Jabari Smith and Johnny Davis and the uh, draft pick for Sacramento and Ben Caro and Holmgren and those guys play. And I'm, I'm interested to see uh, some of these second-year players on some of these uh, teams that didn't do very well, see uh, what type of progress that they made. Um, see what type of, t- type of improvements that they made during the summer and how they're playing now in summer league. But I understand for the most part that about uh, 80 to 85% of these players that are 
that 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 weren't drafted or didn't play in the league last year. For the most part, these guys are going to probably going down, go down and play for the teams G League or play in China or maybe play somewhere else overseas. Very very few of these players, if any, are going to be part of a rotation for any of the teams that are playing in the summer league this year. So or this summer or any summer for that part. So my assessments of you know some of these top draft picks. I have to take you have to take with a grain of salt because it's a situation where whether they're bad, whether they're great, whatever. I mean, we've we've just had too many examples of guys who have come out in summer league and have you know just ripped the place up and been unbelievable, and they don't live up to those expectations when they get to their team when the regular season starts. And we see guys, first round draft picks and such, who have been absolutely awful in the summer league and then have gone on to have a fantastic. NBA careers. I remember Tim Duncan stating that uh, when he went to a uh, summer league, his rookie year, you know, after he was drafted by the Spurs, he said in, in, in the summer league that he was awful. He was terrible. And it was kind of like, man, can I play in this league? <laughs> because I really stink. And we found out what kind of, you know, we, we, we saw what type of career that Tim Duncan had in the NBA. I remember Mar- uh, uh, Mario Bellinelli who was a first-round draft pick for the Golden State Warriors years and years and years ago. He averaged like 30 points a game his his first summer league out here in Vegas when he was a rookie, when he was drafted. And, um, you know, far from it in terms of having the impact in the NBA that he had in the summer league. Orlando summer league, I remember one year, J.J. Redick was the MVP of the Orlando summer league. I mean, what, what does it mean? What does it mean? So, you know, some of these guys, you know, like Holmgren, we can go ahead and we can see some of these things in terms of what he can and what he can't do. And just for the most part, just holding off in terms of whether this guy is going to be great, whether this guy is going to be a bust, whether this guy, what what type of player he's going to be. I'm, I'm not going to write anything in unerasable ink. I'm not going to uh, put anything set in stone or in concrete in terms of Ben Carroll, Jabari Smith. Holmgren, any of these guys in terms of what type of players that they're going to be. You can maybe get some type of idea. You can maybe get some type of clue, but to be in the actual department in terms of what these guys are going to be, I hold off on that. So that's my thing about Summer League. It's nice television viewing. It's interesting, as I mentioned before, interesting to see some of the um, attributes and skills that some of these higher lottery pick players have, but... Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold off on that. Wendell's World of Sports. I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us. So yeah, as I mentioned before, getting back to the NFL, right? Because now we can just kind of go ahead and we can start focusing on the NFL. Now, for me, I don't know if you've uh, heard my show before, or I don't know if how long you've been listening to my my podcast. But but the one things that I don't do. And the one thing that I try to stay away, stay away from, especially when you're speaking about the NFL, stay away from the uh, prognostications and the predictions about who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, who's going to be division champs, who's going to be conference champs, who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, what team is going to be doing this, what team is going to be doing that. What rookie is going to shine? What team is going to surprise? What team is going to disappoint? I don't do any of that stuff. You know why? Because I don't know. And I'm happy to say I don't know. But guess what? You don't know either. And guess what? Some of these guys that you see on the Shannon and Skip show 
in the Nick Wright show, in the Mike Greenberg show, in the Stephen A. Screaming Smith show, and all these other all these other uh, episodes, NFL Live, and all these all these um, shows that are talking about who's going to win the NFC East, who's the favorite to come out of the AFC, who's going to be the best team in the AFC West, who's going to be doing this, what quarterback that was traded this year, or what quarterback who's in the new surrounding is doing is going to elevate his team to Super Bowl contending status, what rookie is going to uh, um, have the biggest impact, all of these guys, all of these shows, it's all of these ex-NFL football players and these writers and all these guys who either played in the league for multiple years and had wonderful, fantastic experiences and writers who have been covering the league for decades. When these guys come out in April after the draft or when these guys come out during the summer and they start speaking about who's going to be doing what, who's going to be doing where, who's going to be winning here, who's going to be losing there, who's going to be doing this, who's going to be doing that. Man, they have maybe a little bit more knowledge than you do, but in terms of guessing who's going to be doing what, who's going to be doing this, who's been what team is going to be winning games? What team is going to be disappointing? It's all nonsense, man. It's all bullshit. It's all it's all a dog and pony show. You know, it, it, it's all an act. It's all a vaudeville act. You know, it's all showtime at the Apollo. Please don't gong me. And please don't have the guy stepping and fetching and running out to, uh, to, to chase me off the stage type of uh, performances from these guys. They don't know. We, we, we have a pretty good guess. We can make pretty much a pretty decent estimation that barring injury... That the Los Angeles Rams are going to be good. Barring injury or barring something unforeseen. That the Detroit Lions are going to stink out loud. I mean we can kind of guesstimate. In terms of how these teams are going to do. But in the NFL every single year. What happens? A team that these high. You know. Hody toady. Fancy dancy NFL experts who are making six and seven figures to go on your TV screen to sit there and say, this team is doing going to be great. This team ain't going to be doing nothing. This quarterback's going to stink out loud. This offensive line is putrid. This defensive player is going to win the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. All of these pundits who come out there and talk about who's going to be winning the NFC East, who's going to be winning the AFC North, who's going to be doing this, who's going to be doing that, they always, always, they always pick a team that's going to win and have a chance to make the Super Bowl and do some noise. They always pick a team that when the season is over, it's going to be like, man, that team stunk. And they always pick a team that they think is going to be finishing in last or not have any type of impact at all on the league in terms of victories and trying to win a championship and stuff. That team is always going to have that opportunity to uh be in the position to win a championship. How many people, if you watch any of these shows, how many people that are making these six and seven figures that are showing up on your television screen, how many of these NFL players, the Bart Scotts and the Rob Nickovichs, all these guys that are coming on the Greenberg show and and, and hanging out with Molly Quirm, and, and how many of these guys predicted that the Cincinnati Bengals would have been four, two minutes away from winning a Super Bowl last season. The same time last year, July 11, 2021, how many of these guys were saying, oh yeah, without a doubt, the, the team that's going to have a real shot to make it to the uh, Super Bowl and have a real shot of winning the Super Bowl is the Cincinnati Bengals. H- how many of those guys said that? Nobody. 
Because we didn't know that Joe Burrow was going to be this good. We definitely didn't know that Jamar Chase was going to have this type of impact. I mean, hell, Zach Wilson, the coach of the Bengals, I mean, he was coaching for his job when the season started last uh, season. He was one of those coaches, quote-unquote, on the hot seat. And that's what makes the NFL so fantastic. 16 games, or excuse me, um, 17 games. What happens any given Sunday? We never know. But but that that's that's the great thing, man. That that is the that's the awesome thing about that. It's the fact that we don't know. I mean, with Bill Belichick, we can probably you know make pretty make a pretty good assumption that the New England Patriots are going to be pretty good. Mac Jones continues to improve. We we can kind of make the assumption, even though Devontae Adams is no longer on the team, that the Green Bay Packers, as long as Aaron Rodgers is upright and doing some things, is going to be uh, is going to be a contender. Especially when you're speaking about the competition in the uh, NFC North. We, we can go ahead and say that the Cincinnati Bengals have a pretty good chance of building on their success from last year. We can go ahead and we can go on the assumption and assume that the Los Angeles Rams are going to be right there. We can go on the assumption and assume that as long as Patrick Mahomes is upright and the defense finds some way to get a little bit better, that the Kansas City football team, despite being in one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in the NFL, are going to be right there and be contenders. We, we can go ahead and we can do all those things. But, man, I, I can't sit here and tell you who's going to win the division. I, I can have a pretty good I, – I, I, can, I can go ahead and say, yeah, I, I would guess if I had to make a guess, and that's all it is, a guess, that in the NFC East, the division winner is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. I can go ahead and guess that. And I can go ahead and throw out some facts and do a, go ahead and do some things and uh, explain why I think that's true. But but we don't know. I mean, you can make, in the NFL, hell, you can make a, an argument about any of those teams and make it sound halfway decent, more than any other sport. I mean, you know, in the NBA, I, I can pretty much tell you that the Orlando Magic is not going to be winning the NBA championship. I, I can tell you pretty much that the Houston Rockets and the Sacramento Kings are not going to be winning the NBA championship. There's, there's, there's no scenario, there's no situation that I can present to you with a straight face. Not even people who are stupid enough to vote for double, Donald Trump, which means they don't believe any anything, which, oh my goodness, I said a bad word. I said the DT word. Yeah, watch my mouth off of soap. But even folks who are dumb enough to believe in that jackass, I can't bring an argument to say, hey, this is the reason why I believe that the Sacramento Kings are going to be one of the best teams in the uh, NBA next season, or the Houston Rockets, or the Orlando Magic, or unfortunately my Washington Wizards. There is no argument. There is no credible argument for the Sacramento Kings being better than the Golden State Warriors, than the Phoenix Suns. No argument whatsoever. Too many games to be played for that. Especially when you start then getting into the playoffs and you're speaking about the best four out of seven. So, no, the Houston Rockets, I can kind of go on the limb and pretty much say that, yes, they're not going to be winning a championship. But, in the NFL, I can make an argument that the Detroit Lions are going to win a championship. Or I can make the argument that, um, what's another team that stinks out loud? That maybe the Chicago Bears are going to be NFL title contenders. 
I can make an argument. I can make an argument. I can make an argument. Because for me, this season to say that, yeah, let me make an argument on the Detroit Lions, on the Chicago Bears, on the Jacksonville Jaguars making the Super Bowl, this year, to make that type of argument for those three things, for those three teams, would be just as humorous and just as folly last season if I would say, let me tell you why the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the conference championship and then have a real shot, be two minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. The same eye roll, the same laughter, the same you've got to be kidding, the same name calling that you're calling me right now by me saying that I could find an argument about the the about the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets winning a championship, you would do the same thing last season at this time if I told you that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to win the AFC and then uh, be within a couple of minutes of winning the Super Bowl. So that's what makes the NFL so fantastic. We don't know. Ultimately, we don't know. And that's what makes, again... Among other things, why the NFL is so fantastic and why the NFL is king amongst kings here in North America. Wendell's World in Sports, I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us. So NFL training start camp starts next week. Luckily, this offseason has been less interesting, less newsworthy than the offseason of last season. Aaron Rodgers didn't come out uh, this offseason to say that I want to be traded and Behold, Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded, and then the sexual allegations that were put forth uh, by him, and Russell Wilson dancing around the fact that he wanted to be traded, and all of the drama that was happening last offseason in the NFL, putting it at the forefront for the longest of times. None of that stuff happened this year. So uh, the most intriguing storylines going into the season, I guess, probably I would say if you're a Cleveland Brown fan, exactly what's going to be happening? What's going to be happening with Deshaun Watson? How long is this suspension going to be for violating the league's personal conduct penalty? Now, we had this hearing with the league during which the NFL and the NFLPA presented their arguments for and against suspension taking place. That's what they do. No matter how heinous, no matter how wrong, no matter how bad uh, the act is, that's what the NFLPA is for. That's what those guys pay their dues for. So when they go up and act badly, no matter how bad it is, the NFLPA is there to uh, represent them and give them uh, their give them their day in court in terms of what's happening uh, at their workplace, which is the NFL. A recent report now concerning Watson, a recent report from the New York Times, Watson had more than 20 civil lawsuits filed against him alleging Sexual misconduct. Now, according to Mark Maskey of the Washington Post, the NFL plans to complete its investigation by the time Cleveland opens training camp, which for them is going to be July 27th. Uh, Maskey noted that Watson is expected to receive a quote-unquote significant suspension. Now, what did that mean? What's the definition of uh, significant? Um, We could be taking a look at a year. 12 games? What are we speaking about here? And what precedent do we have to go on in terms of, okay, well, you know, back in the day when 
this person was bad or acting in the same amount of manner or had these allegations or similar allegations or a similar type of situation. The NFL suspended him for six games. The NFL suspended him for eight games. The NFL suspended him for X amount of games. So one of the arguments could be made whenever the suspension is handed down to Watson, no matter what it is, and the NFLPA will go ahead and um, file for an appeal on that, They'll look for past transgressions from players and the punishment that they receive from the league and say, well, wait a minute, how in the world are you going to suspend Deshaun Watson for an entire year when, just say, for instance, that Ben Roethlisberger back in Georgia, when he was alleged of um, groping a woman at a Georgia bar uh, back in 2004, 2003, something like that? Well, you gave him six games. So how does that compare in terms of what Deshaun, Deshaun Watson already missed an entire year. So now you're going to go ahead and suspend him again? So now Deshaun Watson is going to miss two years? Now the argument could be made, hey, it wasn't the NFL decision to suspend or not play Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wasn't suspended last year. Deshaun Watson basically was sent home by his team saying that, look, you need to work out your own shit. Go ahead and you do that. Deshaun Watson still got paid. Deshaun Watson, I believe... Um, was still allowed to go to the facility and and work out. So it it was it was those type of things. So the NFL can say, hey, you know what? That was the that was the organization's decision not to play Deshaun Watson last year. It wasn't our ruling saying that uh, he couldn't play. So I mean, all of this stuff is going to come down. Then you also have a situation where, look, if you're a Cleveland Brown and you're Jimmy Haslam, how much stroke do you have? To say, hey man, this is bullshit. Or, you know, when you're speaking about these type of things, how much stroke or how much pull, how much weight does Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, have to say, hey, look, man, I mean, let's just suspend the motherfucker 12 games and then let's just move on or some or something like that. You know, I mean, around, around those type of things. You know, so all of those things we don't know about. All of those things are probably going to come down it's good to know that the uh, NFL is going to be doing that before the uh, start of the season so so the Cleveland Browns can uh, make do with a ruling that they got. Now, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk also reported that some in the league office want Watson to remain off the field until all of the lawsuits are resolved. And Maskey noted that the league probably will seek a suspension of uh, one full season. So, again... How much is that going to be thrown down? And, you know, we, we speak about um, suspension for players and such. There's been owners in the NFL that have been suspended also. I mean, it's a situation where here it's like you can also, if you're the league, go to, okay, we've got Deshaun Watson over here that's going to be suspended and not play in the NFL or be a quarterback in the NFL for another season. But what about Daniel Snyder of the Washington Commanders? How is that son of a bitch still holding on to his team? Uh, because yeah, what Deshaun Watson was doing, number one, he didn't, he, he wasn't re- accused of raping anybody. I mean, according to him, we're going to present the argument that uh, most of these encounters were consensual. Believe it, not believe it. I don't. It's, it's what you can prove, not what you believe. So the NFLPA, their lawyers are going to come out and say, "Well, wait a minute. Now we have this and that and this. So you're going to suspend Watson for an entire year, but yet and still." Daniel Snyder is still the owner of the Washington Commanders? How does that work?
after everything that's been going down with him. How, how exactly does that work? So, so those are the type of things. Here on Wendell's World of Sports, the podcast, I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. One thing that I'm interested in, though, one thing that we really haven't talked about when we're talking about the NFL this upcoming season and we're speaking about Deshaun Watson and uh, whether he's going to be going down and what's going to be happening with him, here's the thing that I'm going to be interested in, in knowing about. How much impact of the Supreme Court horrible decision to overturn Roe versus Wade have on the NFL's decision in punishing Watson. Because the league has a multitude of problems when it comes to its treatment of women. In the public eye, the NFL as a league really doesn't have a very good reputation when it comes to the treatment of women. When you're speaking about a league that has already been urged by six state attorney generals to improve working conditions for female employees following allegations that the organization is a hostile workplace for women. What the New York Times reported in February when more than 30 former women who work for the league office, not for a particular franchise, but for the league office, describing a stifling, deeply ingrained corporate culture that demoralized some female employees, drove some to quit in frustration and left many feeling brushed aside. We're again speaking about Daniel Snyder of my Washington commanders when the subject of a House committee into allegations of a workplace misconduct under his ownership. We've heard over and over again about the uh, type of environment that he fostered, that he was in charge of. Allegations included 42 former female employees accusing team executives, including Snyder, of sexual harassment and misconduct. Ex-cheerleader Tiffany Bacon uh, Scorby accused Snyder of asking her to go upstairs and get to know one of his friends during a team charity event in 2004. Now, all for you knuckle-dragging Neanderthals who sit there and still have an ignorant view of, well, she's a cheerleader, give me a fucking break. No women, no woman should be treated in that way. Doesn't matter if she's a prostitute, a stripper, a cheerleader, a lawyer, garbage, military, doesn't fucking matter. What she does for a living should not dictate, well, I mean, you know, come on, she's a cheerleader. I mean, what do you expect? So for all you knuckle-dragging Neanderthals who are still stuck in the 1980s, get a fucking grip. Of course, Snyder has denied that allegation over the past 12 seasons. You're talking about the mistreatment, the misconduct, men behaving badly when it comes to the NFL and his players. 168 players have been accused of sexual harassment or assault. Of those 168 allegations involving sexual assault, only 22 saw their cases go to trial. Only six resulted in convictions. How much of all of those things, and then Roe versus Roe. So women, rightfully so in this country, at least ones with brains, women, or who actually have respect for themselves, Women in this country, under that uh, moniker, under that uh, umbrella, they're already pissed off in terms of the uh, of of a, of a right taken away from them. And then you have the NFL and their well-known history of mistreatment towards women, their disrespect toward women. So now you have a guy here who's been accused of sexual assault, not one, not two, not three, but 20? Over 20 times? And if the league slaps him on the wrist with a suspension, what's your definition of a quote-unquote slap on the wrist 
Your definition could be six games. Your definition could be four games, whatever. But if women in general, they see this shit and Deshaun Watson get in what they perceive to be a slap on the wrist in terms of public relations, in terms of uh, <clears throat> in terms of the uh, how the NFL looks in the public eye, is that going to be taken into account when Goodell makes his decision, makes his ruling on what's going to be happening with uh, with Deshaun Watson? So I think all of those things are going to be coming into play, and it's a pretty tough, tough decision for the uh, commissioner. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Now, if Watson is given a year-long suspension, Jacoby Brissett would be the starting quarterback. Not bad. He signed a one-year, $4.7 million contract. That's normally what you would pay backup quarterbacks. He has a career record of uh, 14 and 23 for Miami last season when uh, Tua wasn't playing. He went 2-3, and three, completed about 63% of his passes for somewhere around 1,238 yards, five touchdowns against uh, four interceptions. So, he also took 19 sacks, but look, man, I mean, this is a situation where regardless of what happens, the Cleveland Browns trading for Deshaun Watson, long-term, long-term deal. So even if he misses the entire year, I mean, before we start laughing at the Cleveland Browns and start saying what a bad organization and another bad move and all this kind of stuff, uh, let's remember, Deshaun Watson is going to be graded and the Cleveland Browns organization on this trade is going to be graded for what he does, not just for one year, even if that year is going to be taken away because of his uh, indiscretions and misconduct. But this is going to be something where we're going to be able to grade this because if he misses this season and then three years from now, the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl, is anybody going to uh, really care in terms of uh, the NFL suspending Deshaun Watson for this season where in 2025 he's holding up the Vince Lombardi Trophy being the main guy to uh, have Cleveland win a championship. So play the long, we play the long, the long game when it comes to the assessment of what the Cleveland Browns did in acquiring Deshaun Watson. Wendell's World of Sports, I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So cl- glad that you could be with us. Very quickly, the quarterback for Cleveland that was a starter last uh, season, he was traded. Baker Mayfield this past Wednesday traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 Conditional fifth-round pick can become a fourth-rounder depending upon Mayfield's playing time and such. The Panthers are paying Mayfield reportedly $4.85 million, which is what you would pay a backup quarterback. Cleveland is paying $10.5 million, while the remainder of Mayfield's almost $19 million salary has been converted into incentives. It's going to compete, speaking of um, Mayfield, it's going to compete for the starting quarterback job with Sam Darnold. I guess the best thing that you can say here is, does Mayfield give Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule a real chance to keep his job? Because when you speak about some of the coaches on the quote-unquote hot seat coming into the season, Matt Rule is probably numero uno or 1A when it comes to that distinction. Um, you know, you have a guy in David Tepper who's the owner of the uh, owner of the Carolina Panthers who's like, look, man, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win. He's not one of those guys who seems to be uh, have an extended amount of patience. He went ahead and okayed the deal to get Cam Newton last season, thinking that this would be the quarterback that could lead them to the playoffs. 
This is a situation where Sam Darnold is getting paid $18 million, and the person who drafted him was Matt Rule. So this is a situation where, hey, man, you know, if this doesn't work, now I don't know what the team expectations are. I'm guessing, I'm going to go on the assumption, not knowing, but just guessing, that uh, David, uh, the owner, David Tepper, is expecting the Panthers to make the playoffs. So I'm going to guess that if Matt Rule doesn't make the playoffs, then he'll be fired. So the question then is Baker Mayfield, the acquisition of Baker Mayfield, the last desperate chance for Matt Rule to keep his job. Can Baker Mayfield even win the starting position at quarterback over Sam Darnold? You would think so, but we don't know. We have no idea. And we're speaking about Mayfield. This is Mayfield's last chance for the foreseeable future to be a a starting quarterback. If he bums in his one season with Carolina, uh, when the Panthers hire themselves a new coach, both Darnold and Mayfield won't be around. If they bomb in tremendous, unbelievably, unbelievable fashion, then the new quarterback will be someone like a Bryce Young of Alabama or uh, maybe the uh, kid from um, Ohio State or somebody else. They'll be in the position to draft themselves a franchise quarterback to go ahead and be the starting quarterback for the 2023 season. So not only does Matt Rule face the realization that this is his last chance to become a head coach in the NFL for the foreseeable future. It's also Baker Mayfield's and Sam Darnold's last chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for the foreseeable future. Whoever wins that job, the loser, is going to be labeled as a backup quarterback and is going to have to start and rebuild his career all over again. Speaking about Mayfield being the number one pick in his draft class and Sam Darnold being the number three quarterback taken in his draft class. In fact, weren't they in the same draft? I, I think, I believe. I'm going to guess. So look, you have the NFC South. Tampa Bay should be favored. But after that, I mean, you've got some question marks. I mean, yeah, New Orleans is going to have a really good defense. Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator last year, is a guy who's a pretty good defensive coach and uh, knows the players, knows the scheme. The players know him. So that's going to be pretty good. But um, who's going to be doing anything in terms of the offense is concerned? When now. Alvin Kamara, he's going to be facing suspension for uh, acting naughty in the offseason. Michael Thomas is no longer around. There's really no number one threat as as far as a wide receiver is concerned. So you're going to be putting more emphasis on Jameis Winston to throw the football? We saw what happened when Jameis Winston, who, oh, by the way, is coming off an ACL injury. We, we, We see the results of Jameis Winston throwing the ball a whole lot of times and being the focal point or having the main responsibility to what lead the offense. We saw what that entails in terms of his interception numbers are concerned. So, yeah, there's questions with New Orleans, who I would think would probably be in that mix to come in second behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got the Atlanta Falcons, who are going to be starting Marcus Mariota. They've got themselves a... Uh, they got themselves uh, that situation. New Orleans has a new coach. Sean Payton is not around. Um, so the Carolina Panthers, I mean, how deeply are going to be in the mix? How much can Baker Mayfield turn it around? How much was the situation with Baker Mayfield being on the trading block and the inevitability of him being traded have to do with the Cleveland Browns being a sorry, sucky organization and Baker Mayfield being a whiny, immature brat? 
Now, there's probably good amount of both in the reasons why Mayfield finally had to move the relationship between him and the Cleveland Browns deteriorated like it did. But th- this was a guy that, albeit he had a fantastic off- offensive line, he had a pretty good defense, and he had some pretty stud wide receivers, and he had the best running two two man running back in the game. So with him having those type of advantages, he did make it to the playoffs. He did have a pretty decent rookie season. So the the, the regression that happened with Mayfield. Yeah, you could speak about the Browns organization messing up the coaching when they brought in Freddie Kitchens, but uh, he didn't do that much better under Kevin Stefanski in terms of uh, winning football games and solidifying his place as a leader and one of the better players in that Cleveland Brown locker room. Now, we're having reports about him, you know, having problems and being immature and that type of thing. And so, so, so how much of a leader can Baker Mayfield really be? Well, the thing that comes down to this, the only person that's going to be able to save not only Matt Rule's job for another season or a reprieve, give him a reprieve from being fired, but also saving Baker Mayfield's career uh, for the short term, short term of being a starting quarterback, the only person on in that locker room, in that organization that can save those two is Kristen McCaffrey. That's going to be the key for success on the offensive side for Carolina. I mean, this is a guy who, after having a 1,000 yards rushing and receiving in the same season in 2019, he missed 23 games due to injury. You're talking about McCaffrey, who led the NFL with over 5,000 yards from scrimmage from 2017 through 2019. Because of injuries, he hasn't been close to that guy. Now, it's going to be a situation with him coming back. How much can you trust him? How much of a load can you give to him? How much can you deviate or how much can you divvy up in terms of this is what we need from McCaffrey? This is what we need from Mayfield? When you're speaking about two of those players who, because of injuries and others, have been unreliable for them to have the ultimate success. How close is McCaffrey now going into the season than he was three to five years ago? So we'll we'll see. I mentioned before, the Browns view Mayfield as childish and immature. Jason Lloyd of the uh, Lloyd of the Athletic.com wrote a uh, wrote something that the Browns widely view Mayfield as childish and immature. His behavior annoyed teammates, divided the locker room. He was often difficult to coach. After a twenty after a uh, win over the Lions uh, last season, he refused to talk to reporters. Had an apparent beef with Odell Beckham Jr. Re- resulted in most aligning with OBJ. And we know about all that nonsense. We know about what happened with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Mayfield reportedly was miffed about a variety of things that happened last uh, year, including the fact that the in-house radio show dared to criticize him. Oh, man, that's Mitchell Trubisky when he was with the Chicago Bears type of bullshit. Now, we need to take the uh, sports talk radio out of the uh, offices and out of the uh, <clears throat> rooms of the um, of the Chicago Bears facilities because they're really being negative on us and it's kind of bringing us down. What the fuck? And this guy is supposed to be our leader? And this is Mayfield doing the same type of shit? I don't know. So we will see what happens with that deal. Um, NFL season, man, it's starting to rip roar rain to go, man. As we move along, as we get closer to the season, I'm interested to see what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation. I'm interested to see what's going on in uh, with the starter training training camps. Interested to see what's going down with the Cowboys and the Rams and my Commanders and 
some of the new acquisitions that were made at the most uh, important positions. Speaking about the quarterback, when you have the Denver Broncos getting themselves Russell Wilson and the um, commanders getting themselves Carson Wentz and such, how big of a deal those things are going to be. So there's a lot of things. Now, because I I skewed from talking about the uh, NFL, you know, during, you know, except for the draft, we're speaking about March, June, and all that type of stuff. I mean, you know, those guys are on vacation. Those guys are living it up. Those guys are getting ready as far as getting their mentals and their physicals, getting themselves ready for the season. Really nothing interesting was going on. So, like I said, I don't do speculation. I don't do uh, prognostications that early when it comes to the NFL. Now, with the start of training camp right around the corner, now I can start indulging and that type of stuff. So, yeah, man, it's going to be good. Can't wait for the NFL to uh, start. The uh, the uh, sporting world, the sporting year has begun, and I am excited. quickly last segment of the podcast last segment of the program thank you so much for listening to wendell's world of sports yours truly wendell wallace thank you so doggone much again if you like what you're hearing go ahead give me that five-star review go ahead rate review download subscribe do what you need to do the most unique entertaining thought-provoking sports talk podcast that you can listen to and ladies of a particular age, I will say, ladies, anywhere between the ages of 43 and 49, who like to uh, keep themselves in shape, like a guy with a great sense of humor and uh, is spontaneous, likes to laugh and do all those type of things. If you're looking to uh, go ahead and take a look at yours truly, go ahead and do this video. Go over to my YouTube channel, Wendell's World and Sports. Take a look. And while you're fawning over my chiseled physique and my young Denzel Washington, Will Smith type good looks. Just, <laughs> just go ahead. Just go ahead and uh, just go ahead and subscribe to my video. And then in the comments section say, uh, if you think you look like fucking Denzel Washington, then, you know, get your fucking eye checked because, uh, you know, Ray, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder can see that uh, you ain't anywhere close. But, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Last segment of the program, last segment of the podcast, Wendell's World of Sports. I want to get into free agency and NBA free agency. Very quickly, the league is still in the holding pattern until something happens with Kevin Durant. I don't know exactly when that's going to be happening. Kevin Durant has gone Dave Chappelle to South Africa after uh, quitting the Chappelle show. That type silence. Hadn't said anything. Hadn't tweeted anything. Hadn't made any type of comment. So I get that he's just keeping on the DL and figuring out, um, you know, let the um, let his business partner, Rich Kleiman, do his work or make earn his paycheck. 
He is uh, bound and determined. He is bound and determined to go to Phoenix. Interesting. Now there's a situation where DeAndre Ayton, the rumors have it, or the news have it, has it that uh, the Indiana Pacers are in the lead to uh, lead to uh, acquire his services. I don't know what that means for him. Um, Miles, I don't know what it means for, oh, shoot, Miles Turner. But, uh, yeah, DeAndre Ayton with the um, Indiana Pacers to go up there with Halliburton and the rest of those guys, Paris Levert and such. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Pacers are looking to go young. They they uh, traded Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics. If he can stay healthy, I think that's a fantastic move by the uh, by the Celtics to bring in Brogdon. Um, you had other free agents signings. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson is, is getting a lot of noise because he signed with the New York Knicks four years, $105 million. It doesn't move the needle for the Knicks any way, shape, or form, but whatever. I mean, you know, the Knicks, I, I okay. I mean, can, can we can we stop with the Knicks being players for superstar players? So it's a situation where you get yourself um, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, right. You, you didn't you didn't go nuts for the guy in terms of overpaying him. Uh, the, the deal was solid. He'll bring um, some pretty goodness to the court for the Knicks. Doesn't put them over the top. It's a nothing burger move for the New York Knicks in terms of them uh, trying to break through their glass ceiling and be serious contenders in the Eastern Conference against the likes of the Milwaukee Bucks or or the Boston Celtics. Um, the, the, the move that Atlanta made um, with um, San Antonio, we'll see. I, I, I guess with DeJounte Murray, he's going to assume the uh, point guard position, and I guess that Atlanta's going to try to replicate what the uh, Golden State Warriors did with uh, Steph Curry point guard size, shooting guard ability, just turned out to be the greatest shooter in NBA history, one of the greatest offensive players in NBA history, and in my opinion, the most versatile guard in NBA history, but I'm looking, I'm going to get with the acquisition of Murray, who can play the point guard and is known for his defense, um, going to be there to uh, facilitate the offense and have um, Trey, Trey um, have, uh, well, I almost said Trey Lance, Trey Young do his uh, Steph Curry impersonation. How well is that going to? Uh, how well is that going to be? I don't know. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, and we'll find out. Does that move make Atlanta better? Yes. Does it make them a contender for the Eastern Conference? As of right now, no. But we'll we'll see. So all of these things went down. But the uh, players, man, getting the max contracts, the max max deals, resigning with their teams. There were no. Blockbusters now, we're still waiting on Kevin Durant, we're still waiting on Kyrie Irving, but for the most part so far, no uh, no huge player uh, movements. The players who are supposed to be getting max, max deals, somewhere close to max deals from their teams, got them. Bradley Beal with the Wiz, five years, $251 million. Carl Anthony Towns with the uh, Timberwolves, four years, $224 million. Zach Levine, five years, $215 million to re-sign with the Bulls. Zion, entered the Zion of Williamson, re-signed with New Orleans, five years, $231 million. Damian Lillard, extending his contract another two years for $121 million. Woo, I guess you could say he's the Bradley Beal of the West Coast, right? Look, there's some max deals that were no doubters. Nikola Jokic getting the max, 
$264 million over five years. Yeah, you give that to him. Devin Booker, $214 million for four years, kind of easing the pain of breaking up with uh, Kylie Jenner. Yeah, you, you give it to him. He definitely earned and deserved that money. John Morant, $231 million for five years. You definitely give him that money, especially when you're speaking about a market like Memphis, which is not a free agent destination. But someone needs to uh, check John Morant, John, uh, John Morant and tell him to stop making stupid comments like he would cook Michael Jordan one-on-one. Slow down, young man. Darius Garland. Resigning with the Cleveland Cavaliers, $193 million for five years. Good move. So those were no doubters. Those were no-brainers. Even someone who's a uh, fiscally responsible, a.k.a. cheap motherfucker like me, will go ahead and say, yeah, I'm giving Jokic that amount of money. I'm giving Booker that, that contract extension. Yeah, I'm resigning Morant to the max. Yeah, I'm doing that for Darius Garland. The other ones, I don't understand some of the max deals that Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Zion. <sighs> man, I, I, mm, I don't know, man. Bradley Beal getting the super max. No trade clause in the contract. You know what it says to me? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Tommy Shepard. Look, you, you, you worked magic to get out from under that John Wall contract. Magic, who resigned. With the who signed with the um, Los Angeles Clippers, but um, you you go from one horrible mistake. Thank you, Ernie Grunfeld, in terms of giving John Wall the max, and history is going to repeat itself by you giving Bradley Beal the max, and then throwing a no trade contract. So in a couple of years, when Bradley Beal comes to you guys and says, "Hey, man, get me out of here." Because, look, Bradley Beal has been with the Wiz for his entire year. He's entering now, I believe, his 10th year. Um, he's, tw- he's 29 years old, so either his 9th or 10th year. There's a difference in a guy after maybe one contract or midway through a second contract before he hits it big with a max contract going to management and saying, hey, get me out of here. This is no good. This is horrible. This is terrible. Because of the organization that he plays for and because of the time and the amount of equity that he put into the community and such, in a couple of years, Bradley Beal says, hey, look, man, I'm tired of losing. Get me out of here. There won't be any, there won't be any animus. There won't be any type of um, backlash, negative backlash for Bradley Beal in that situation because he, he was a guy that really gave it a shot to make it work. It just didn't work. But in the NBA, just like in life, hey, man, you get your money first, and then you go to the team that you want to go to second. If that team that gave you the money first, the most money, Ain't doing right by you. So, I, 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 I the, the, the Wizards and Bradley Beal are kind of stuck with each other because Beal's a nice player, but he ain't five years, $251 million type of fine. And look, a lot of that or a lot of that money went into Bradley Beal wants to stay with this organization. The Lakers don't have to do that bullshit. The Miami Heat don't have to do that bullshit. Because of their organization, players want to play for them. Players want to go to their destinations and play in their cities and play for their organizations. The top players in the NBA, they ain't going to the Washington Wizards if the Los Angeles Lakers or the Miami Heat or some other team have some free agency uh, space to sign them. D.C., incredibly so, is not a... NFL free uh, an NBA free agent destination. 
which speaks more to the organization itself than it does the city. Because when you're talking about Chocolate City, let me tell you something right now. If my dream came true, and I own the Washington Wizards, you better goddamn believe that D.C. would be a destination city for NBA free agents. You best believe that. I cannot believe that that's not the situation, but it speaks more towards the ineptitude and the past failures of the organization, whether it's Apol and or Ted Leonsis, to make the Bullets, now Wizards, a place where free agents want to go to, where great players want to resign. The few times that the Wizards have drafted a, a player of such magnitude. Bradley Beal is one of them. So because of the situation where, hey, look, man, you know, because of our organization, we, we just can't say, well, you know, we're not going to give you the whole max contract because, you know, we need it for some other players. And having you making that amount of money and taking that much of the salary cap along with Kristoff uh, Porzingis, we're not good enough to win a championship with you and Porzingis. I don't give a damn who you put around him. Those two being your 1 and 1A, those two being your Batman and your Robin, that's not good enough to win a championship. That's barely good enough to win a playoff game. But they did what they did. So now, me being the Wizards fan, I can look forward toward them being mediocre and irrelevant for another five years. Great. Wonderful. Awesome. Again, Bradley Beal's not the best player cannot be a best player on a team that wins a championship. The Wizards have finished finished with eight more losses than the 10th seeded Charlotte uh, Hornets this past offseason, or this past season. They've missed the playoffs five times in Beal's 10 seasons. He's been an all-star three times, but he made his only all-NBA team in 2021. Bradley Beal is a good player. No, let me correct myself. Bradley Beal is a really good player. But Bradley Beal is not a franchise player. And I don't think there's any disrespect in that. My definition of someone who earns the max, Bradley Beal doesn't fall under that. There's only a very few amount of players who I believe are max, super max uh, contract type players. Jokic is a super max player. Giannis is a super max player. Luka is a super max player. Steph Curry is a super max player. If he can stay relatively healthy, Embiid is a Supermax player. If he can stay healthy, Kawhi is a Supermax player. Bradley Beal is none of those guys. And that's okay because I'm talking about guys who are the best of the best. As great and as when push comes to shoves, I would give him the Supermax. Jason Tatum hasn't proved to me just yet. That he's a super max player. So that's a high, high bar that you're setting to give someone that amount of money and then ask him to be the guy to lead his team to a championship. And I don't give a damn, man. You put Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Steph, Embiid, Kawhi, you put them with Kyle Kuzma, Monte Morris, Johnny Davis, Rui Hachimura, Corey Kispert, Denny Avia, Daniel Gifford, they signed uh, Taj Gibson. That team is not winning any championships. They wouldn't win a championship if they had Jokic. They wouldn't win a championship with that supporting cast if they had Giannis, Luka, Steph. They damn sure ain't winning it with Bradley Beal. Or Porzingis. So, congratulations on the Washington Wizards being first round playoff contenders. 
Way to go. Let's give my hand. All right. Some organizations are interested in winning championships. We're just interested in making the playoffs. That's what that moves. The move for Bradley Beal, that's what it entails. The Washington Wizards, our main goal is to make the playoffs and the playoffs only. And don't blame Bradley Beal. Shit, if someone's going to be offering me five years, $231 million, unless you're speaking about me living in clan country, then, uh, yeah, I'm taking that money. Or even if I do live in, even even if I am playing for the uh, Klansmen of America, I'll just go ahead and move out of the, uh, make my residence somewhere else. As long as my checks don't bounce, fuck them. So, yeah, Zach Levine is another guy. I mean, this past all season, yeah, Levine averaged 24 points, four rebounds, five, uh, four assists. Shooting 47%, but to give Zach Levine all that money, is he a guy that's going to be the focal point, the foundation? You can make the argument that he wasn't even the best player on his team last season. If you're speaking about the uh, year that DeMar DeRozan had. And you're speaking about a guy also who had been battling knee issues. Went to Germany to have uh, the Kobe Bryant uh, type of a knee procedure in terms of, I think they put blood droplets in his knee or some bullshit like that. But this was a guy who was talking about at the All-Star break, I'm just going to have to gut it out because of the uh, pain in my knee. And then just, you know, gut it out and then in the offseason, see what I can do to uh, take care of it. A guy who relies so much on his uber-athleticism, like Zach Levine, you're going to give him that amount of money? He suffered a torn ACL on that same left knee that he had problems with last uh, season in 2017. What's Zach Levine going to be looking like? two or three or four years from now with that contract. You, you you pay somebody that type of money if you feel that you're looking to win a championship now. The, the Lakers mortgage their future with acquiring Anthony, Anthony Davis to win a championship in 2020, knowing that in 2024, 25, 26, that they're going to stink out loud. The Houston Rockets on multiple occasions did everything they could to mortgage their future to win now with James Harden when they went out and they acquired Chris Paul and then they acquired Russell Westbrook. And now we see where the Houston Rockets are right now. But that was a team that was one player away from winning the championship. The Bradley Beal contract, the Zach Levine contract, where you're going to go on the assumption that the contract is going to be at its highest and most valuable or the player is going to be at his best in the next two to three years. The Wizards and the Bulls they're not ready to win a championship in the next two to three years. So when that contract doesn't age well, what are we going to be looking at? You're going to be looking at a Washington Wizards or a Chicago Bulls team in complete disarray without any type of significant uh, contribution of a championship to show for it. So that's that's just my deal. And again, this is not a knock on the players. If I'm Zach Levine, I'm, I'm, I'm any of these guys. Take the money. Take the money. And then if you're good enough and the team still isn't winning, you can go and do what um, Kevin Durant's doing. Zion Williams, if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, I'm praying to Jesus and and Jehovah and anybody else, the devil, whoever you whoever you praise, Brigham Young, whoever you praise, speaking about, please, Jesus, man, see what we can do for Zion to get his weight under control. Because we've never seen an athlete that big, that strong, that versatile, We've never seen a player that explosive carrying that much weight. What does it do for his knees? What does it do for his ankles? What does it do for his feet? What does it do for his lower back? If you're carrying that much weight, 
And what weight can Zion get to, to where that won't be a situation where five or six years from now, he's going to be dealing with lower back issues and knee issues and that type of thing. So that's, and, and we're already speaking about a guy who's been injury prone uh, to begin with. And he missed games at Duke. So this is not just a situation where he got to the NBA and all of a sudden injuries started creeping into the narrative. This has been something that he's been dealing with since his freshman season at Duke, even though he played at Duke only for one year. Wendell's World in Sports, I'm your host, Wendell Wallace. So glad that you could be with us. Let me end with the uh, trades, that uh, the most significant trade in the NBA. Then I'll be out of here. The um, Minnesota Timberwolves getting Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. Minnesota traded four players for him. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, and nobody gave up their number one pick, uh, the white kid from Auburn who started his career at North Carolina. Walker Kessler, thank you, was recruited by Georgetown. Foolish man not to go there. But um, Minnesota traded four players and five future draft picks. First round draft picks in 23, 25, 26, 27, and 29. Now you see what Sean Marks is talking about. Now you see what uh, the situation with the Kevin Durant wanting to be traded. Why that's taking so long. It's like, wait a minute. If I'm Sean Marks and I see what the Utah Jazz got from Minnesota for getting Rudy Gobert, you think I'm going to accept anything less for me to trade Kevin Durant? (laughs) I I don't think so. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Tim Connolly, I think the guy who played, who was the uh, GM at Denver, now he's the uh, now he's the uh, decision maker over in Minnesota. I think his name is Connolly. Thank you so much for uh, resetting the market in terms of what should be acceptable in terms of uh, trade value. Because if Rudy Gobert is getting that much, how much how, how much do you think Kevin Durant is going to be worth? And I'm quite sure Rich Kleiman is cursing and screaming and saying, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> I mean, came up my client went to go to. Uh, Phoenix, and then Minnesota hauls off and does this shit. <laughs> I, 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 the, the trade, the trade makes no sense to me because I guess in a couple of years you're going to have Gobert making big money, Carl Anthony Towns making big money, and then you're going to re-sign Anthony Edwards, who's on his way to uh, max contract bill. So, man, you're going to have those three be your guys. And then what? Maybe I mean you. You're gonna who else? Who else you're gonna have around them? If you're Minnesota, and look, I know Gobert underneath the basket during a regular season, tremendous defender, tremendous. But man, you're, you're talking about a guy who's already what 26, 27 years old. You're gonna sign him to a, uh, or you're gonna get that contract to where he's gonna be making what damn near fifty million dollars in a couple of years when that contract ends. How much flexibility, and again, you're going to have to re-sign Anthony Edwards. How much flexibility do the Minnesota Timberwolves have in in a league that is predicated a lot on small ball? You're going to have the twin towers of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert on the court. How long is that going to be able to last? How long is that tandem going to be on the court for? What is their plus, minus, and point differential going to be? And, and who's going to guard the stretch four? Who's going to guard the um, the, the, the uh, forward who can take somebody off the bounce? I don't know how that trade is going to work. I don't know what Minnesota is going to do with that. 
it'll be interesting. Now, you know, Cat calls himself the, the greatest big man, the greatest shooter of a big man who's ever played the game. I, I, someone might want to uh, introduce him to uh, Dirk Nowitzki with that statement, but all right. So, Anthony Towns can stretch the floor, but hmm, I don't know how that's going to work. It'll be interesting. All right, I'm out of here. want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, download, subscribe, rate and review, do all those type of things. As I always say, now more than ever, as we see another black man being shot by the police uh, for no apparent reason to be murdered like that, a policeman murdering another uh, black child, black man, black person, um, Roe v. Wade still fresh in our minds and in our memories about uh, what this country is trying to become, what certain people, what certain group of people in this country are trying to do in terms of turning back the clock um, of uh, progress in this country, the backlash of this country for Barack Obama, the, 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 the punishment that some of these people are trying to give this country for having the nerve to have a black man elected as president of uh, this country. So we see the backlash. We see the consequence of that uh, monumentous historical uh, accomplishment, even though some people are too ignorant, too selfish, and too stupid to realize how important that date was. That's on them, not me. But um, again, for those who deserve it, more than ever, man, more than ever. Learn, listen, educate yourself. Talk to somebody of a different gender, of a different race, someone from a different community, someone from a different background, someone from a different part of the earth, someone from a different part of uh, your state, your city, your community. Talk to them. Learn from them. Have discussions with them. Someone of a different political affiliation. If the person of that political affiliation has a fucking brain in their head and is not coerced and is not led astray it is not duped by the uh, by the jackasses like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Rod DeSantis and other and others of those evil people, Steve Bannon and such, who want to turn this country back to where uh, white man rules, everybody else is no good. Talk to them, educate them. We need it more than ever. You know, so different gender, different race, different uh, religion, all of those type of things, man. Do what we need to do. Educate the youngsters, educate the young folks so they can live in a world of better understanding with love, peace, unity, harmony for everybody. And we can kind of get rid of some of this negativity and some of this prejudice and some of this racism and some of this misogyny, which my generation and the generation above and the generation before is so cloaked in, is so uh, soaked in that they're too ignorant to see the ways of the wrong of some people or where they want to run this country. Let's see what we can do to maybe not save them, but maybe save the generation be, uh, save the generation that's going to be running this country when we're too damn old to be doing anything. So let's go ahead and do that, shall we? That would be great. I don't know what I'm going to be doing my part. In fact, I'm going to be starting that mission in about three weeks. Wendell's World of Sports. This has been Wendell's. This has been Wendell Wallace. Please, 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 like I was James Brown, get me out of here with some music. Music.